It's time to set aside the superficial. It's time to go deeper. It's time to engage in truth. Here's John Bornstein. Well, everybody, welcome back to Engage in Truth. This is John Bornstein. I'm the senior pastor of Calvary Fellowship Fountain Valley right here in Colorado Springs. And I'm so excited that you are tuning in. This is our roundtable discussion. With me always is Mike Mallinger. Mike, so good to have you back, my good friend. Good to be back, John. We are continuing in a vital conversation, not that they all aren't, because I think they're all fantastic, but this one in particular, last week we talked about the partisan politics, going talking about what was going on on both sides of the aisles. We address Republicans, Democrats, and Christianity, that we are Christians first and foremost. So as we examine these parties, how did we get here? We talked about the history. How did we get to a two-party system? What do these parties represent? And then ultimately, I, I believe that we gave some direction that would help you as you are trying to navigate the, the political climate here in these United States. But of course, the big discussion comes to table on this. It comes to the surface as we talk about our commander-in-chief, Donald J. Trump. So let's just talk a little bit about him today. And with me to help me do this, help Mike and I both in this conversation, are our three other panelists, individuals you have heard on this radio show before. They are uh, voices in the community, really trying to bring some, uh, well, some logical, some positive discussion about these difficult conversations and really to bring some clarity, I believe, and maybe sort through all of the details and help bring some uh, positive discussion to the table here. So we have Karen Mallinger, Brian Sullivan, and Wade Wilson also with us. So we've got a studio of five folks ready to talk about this tough subject. And really, as we examine the, the partisan politics, as well as our commander-in-chief, and we as Christians, as we examine the landscape, what are we to do? So let me just set this up as we talk about our commander-in-chief today, Donald J. Trump. Before his campaign to become the 45th president of these United States, Donald Trump hosted and produced the NBC TV show The Apprentice for 15 seasons with Mark Burnett. He was a real estate mogul. He owned, operated a number of gaming establishments, went through bankruptcy and restructuring 2004, 2009, 2014. And many would agree that at that time, especially, perhaps his morals and ethics were questionable at best. He had multiple marriages. There was also that crude conversation recorded with Billy Bush, a public investigation into this payoff of a prostitute, questionable business practices and more. And yet today, the same group that clamored for the impeachment of Bill Clinton due to the immoral behavior that he uh, did there, not only in his, in his life, but in, in the Oval Office, that these individuals now stand in support of Trump. What changed? Well, almost four years ago, Dr. James Dobson went on record, along with Jerry Falwell Jr., Ralph Reed, Michelle Bachman, and Robert Jeffress, saying that Trump had turned a new course, that he accepted Jesus as his Savior, becoming a Christian, and virtually it changed the narrative overnight, especially given the credibility of Donald Trump's vice presidential running mate, Mike Pence, whom I've had the pleasure of working with in the past. I will just, for full disclosure right now, I've had the privilege of working with him, and he is the real deal. This is a man after God's heart, wrote some of the most amazing prayer proclamations that I still cite to this day. So we do believe that men and women can change, 
And although Trump may be a work in progress, his behavior on Twitter seems highly unusual for a president. His brash behavior tends to come across as arrogant or divisive, including a weekly verbal assault of opponents. Uh, He's perceived as a shoot-from-the-hip crowd-pleaser and seems to reward the loyalist. And that being said, we know that it's God who raises up the leaders of nations and uses them how he pleases. And this is illustrated well in Scripture through Nebuchadnezzar especially. Scripturally, let me just cite a few, that God is ruler over all things. Not some things, all things. According to 1 Chronicles 29, 11 to 12 and Proverbs 16, 4, we're told in Colossians 1, 16 to 17 that by him, all things were created. And this includes all thrones and dominions and principalities and powers. He is over all things. He created all things. We're told that in Proverbs 8, 15 to 16, that by me, kings reign and rulers decree justice. By me, princesses rule and nobles and the judges of the earth. He also says in Daniel 2, 21, that he He removes kings and raises them up. In Daniel 4.17, that the Most High rules in the kingdom of men and gives it to whomever he wills and sets over it the lowliest of men. In Psalm 75.7, we read that God is the judge. He puts down one and exalts another. And of course, Proverbs 21.1, the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. Like the rivers of the water, he turns it wherever he wishes. So Wade, it is so good to have you back on the program. You've been on with us a number of times talking about some of these key issues here in America. Let me direct the first question to you. Is Donald Trump's apparent America first message and his strong stance for conservative values, why all these Christians are willing to stand with him? First of all, thanks for having me back. And I think Christians are tired of getting stepped on. I feel like they feel like they haven't had anybody stand up for them. Hmm. And kind of like the bully in the playground, they're finally, there's one on our side. Right. Um, to, To go back to the idea that Donald Trump is any different than anybody else that's ever represented us. I, I think that's false. Um, mm. I think he's just in a in a time period where we know just about everything that everybody does and everybody says. I think he uses Twitter as a, as his defense because he has nobody that will even Fox News even sometimes doesn't accurately portray what what he feels. Um, mm. I I think he's you know. To use a sports analogy, I remember I'm a Dallas Cowboy fan, and I remember when the San Francisco 49ers kept beating us with Deion Sanders. So what did we do? We got Deion Sanders. And (laughs) Cowboy fans hated Deion Sanders when he was a 49er, but we all loved him when he was a Cowboy. So um, Donald Trump is, is, we finally got the guy carrying the big stick. And he's saying the things that we really wished we could say, but we know we can't say those things in our own personal and... and, uh, you know, uh, business lives. We just can't say those things, but he can say them for us. We finally feel like we've got that winning guy and there's a lot at stake. And so I think some of us are willing to compromise on some things because there's so much at stake. And I know every election cycle, they say, this is the election to end all elections. I watching those democratic debates. I think this might be that I, I worry what's going to happen after Donald Trump. Yeah. And I think a lot of folks do. Yeah. And and Karen, I think that's a perfect segue because I wanted to ask you this final question. And Karen, uh, for those listening right now, Karen Mallinger has an extensive career serving under a number of various administrations in the U.S. Navy, uh, having served our country faithfully in in a variety of capacities for individuals who have, uh, well, of of great 
responsibility uh, for a lot of men and women serving this country. And so, Karen, uh, your opinion matters greatly. And I I think that uh, this is a good question for you, because does Donald Trump, is he the bull in the bull in the China shop that we often talk about? Is he is he needed to course correct this nation right now? We talk about draining the swamp uh, or or at least stifle the left's aggressive agenda. Do you believe that he was positioned perhaps for such a time as this to do just that? Uh, Everybody talks about Donald Trump and his um, personal failings from the past. I would would not darken the door of Calvary Fellowship if any of you knew what I did 40 years ago. Mm. I'm just saying, um, for us to hold those things in the past, for a man who has professed Christ— I think is disingenuous for us as Christians. I have never in my life heard a president use the name Jesus Christ in his speeches more than our president does. Mm. I admire him for that. I have never heard a president take a stand for the unborn the way this president has. I understand that some of the things he says are untoward, but I did not elect him to be my pastor. (laughs) I have a great pastor. (laughs) We did not elect him to go to Washington and do business as usual. We elected him to give us the hope and the change that Obama promised us and did not deliver. Mm. Because he's a billionaire, he is beholding to no one. They cannot control him, and that's why they hate him, and that's why they want him gone. Um. He's the first president who totally works for us, the American people. He takes no salary. His salary is is uh, contributed to other organizations every single quarter. He has been unmercifully attacked since the day that he took office. He has had not one day of rest, not one day. It's right. been constant from all of the media, even those that claim to be conservative. And still he fights. He's a patriot. He loves God. And he loves this country. He is exactly what we need right now. Mm. And he is not done. <laughs> you know, as you mentioned, that he is under constant attack. Mm. Uh, there is a constant mockery of him mm. and, and an attack on his family, perhaps like we've never seen with a commander in chief. I, I mean, even calls from celebrities that, uh, you know, and, and whatever clout they may think they have or whatever voice they may think they have. Uh, are using that celebrity power to even uh, bring about the idea of attacking his family physically. I, I mean, it's things that we've never seen happen before. You can almost see the wrath as it's brewing. I mean, and p- perhaps this is some sort of retaliation for the Red Scare of the 1950s. I don't know. But despite all that, the approval for President Donald Trump among evangelical Protestants is 25 points higher than the national average. According to Pew Research Center, they did a survey in July of 2018 and ran that through January of 2019 this year. And they found that 70% of evangelicals who attend church at least once a week approve of Donald Trump versus 65% of those who just attend sporadically. So this demonstrates that a majority of mainline Christians do indeed support Donald Trump. Now, many Christians believe that without a firm defender of conservative values, that this nation is on the precipice of total demise, given the aggressive leftist agenda that has pulled back its curtain to reveal the socialist position that many had suspected all along, quite frankly. So the gap between the political parties seems wider than ever before. So, Brian, let me ask you this question. Do Christians stand with the cause 
more even than the man himself, Donald Trump. Hey, you know, I think it's <clears throat> it's a little tough to answer that to me because it's it, it seems like with society today and social media, uh, people are so attacked if they come out and they give their opinion on something. They're they're right. attacked if they if they have a difference of opinion with the what's what's popular, right? Yeah. So, um, I think that Christians, to me, the the Christians that I know. Um, in my family, you know, the, the few churches that we've attended over the last several years, uh, we're still pretty close with quite a few people. I believe that, that Christians, that, that for the most part, these people, they have the same, uh, they're, I, I would believe they have the same opinions, the same, they want what he's, uh, what he's fighting for, what Trump's fighting for, what he's, what he stands for. Mm. You know, I, I believe that people, um, they like it. Uh, me personally, I like it. I like the guy. And are there times that he, you cringe when he hears what he says? I mean, he like, like way, like you mentioned earlier, he says what you're thinking. And then there's times where like, I, I, I'm just so glad I didn't say that, <laughs> but I, I believe that, you know, there's that Christians do stand with, for the cause of, of, you know, with him, it's, 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 it's challenging. It's just, it's a scary place. Uh, people are beat up, bullied. I mean, there's the, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the little girl that was recently, you know, she, they, they took all of her social media accounts and closed them down because she likes to make fun of OAC and her AOC. And, you know, it's just, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a scary place. You know, it's, um, yeah. I think Christians want to have, they want the change. They want the, the morality to come back. They want the, um, they want to take a stand on, you know, there's so many things in, in, in society nowadays that are, socially accepted or um, some to some people they are, you know, um, men competing against women and women's sports. The, there's just, there's just uh, the, the, that's uh, the transgender topic, which I'm not trying to deviate sure. to, but you know, there's just things that are, that are now becoming like, it, it, I guess if you allow it, it becomes normal. It becomes allowed. It becomes the norm. Hmm. And I, I don't, you know, Christians don't want that. I mean, if it, if it feels, if you feel it in your heart, to me, I feel it in my soul. Things that you know, there's something that is just not right. It's it's wrong, right? right? You just and I, and it, what? And I mean, is that spirit led? Is it? Or we're I believe you know Christians most are spirit filled people, right? Yeah. They're they're led by the spirit, and things that just hurt your heart, hurt your soul. Uh, the way our society kind of tends to lean to nowadays, uh, what's popular. Hollywood. I mean, they drive it, they push it, they cram it down people's throats and Trump just stands up against it. I mean, right. he, he's kind of like that, you know, that, uh, yeah. that voice that we want to have, but people are scared to use. Right. And I think a way to you, to you, I, I direct this question, uh, that is people are looking to this, uh, really the narrative that's out there and they, they hear all these horrible things about Donald Trump and what you've said that he's spoken uh, for as a voice for the voiceless in many regards how do we then to, to the young people who, who are hearing this horrible narrative about our commander-in-chief and his family how do we speak to the issues that we just brian just addressed there the the cause in the midst of this personal attack and agenda against him where do you find that there's a a win in that discussion where because it seems like it's just a toxic narrative against him and his character 
that are young people able to distinguish the difference of saying, here's a man who stands for these causes. And by the way, in the Bible, these are things we should stand for too. How do we communicate that effectively? Well, if you're referring to uh, young Christian people, right. um, I think that understanding the foundation of, of their belief system first, um, I'll, I'll be the first one to admit I didn't vote for Donald Trump because mm. his fruits didn't bear out. His own children didn't know to vote for him in the primaries because they've been lifelong Democrats. I am wearing a MAGA right. hat right now because I told everybody that I will look and see what he does and see if his fruits bear out, and they have more than than bore out. Right. Um, so to me, it's like sitting down with my daughter, who uh, is in a liberal college, mm. and she doesn't understand the brashness of it. She doesn't understand the fight, though, either. Um, she doesn't understand the, his, the historical precedence of having a president defend the unborn like yeah. Donald Trump has. Um, so to me, it's a matter of explaining mm-hmm. to, you know, why it is, because m- my point of view was, how can I uh, vote and elect somebody who says the things that he says, and then I can turn around to my, my 11-year-old and say, but you, you shouldn't say those things. But when you look at what he actually says, he, it's all hyperbole. Basically, what he's saying is, nanny, nanny, boo-boo, stick your head in doo-doo. <laughs> and everybody gets, just loses their mind. But he stands up for the things that need to be stood up for. Right. And right. so, and first of all, I, I appreciate you, you know, targeting that young question to me. I appreciate that. <laughs> but, but the I, youngest one. <laughs> right, right. But I, I, I do think, I think it's a matter of... Over explaining, okay, yeah, I, I don't appreciate what he just said. I don't appreciate him, um, you know, going over and doing the things that look like he's saying good things about Kim, Kim Jong Un, who right, right. is you know massacring Christians by the. But we don't know what's going on behind the scenes, and we don't know his his thought process behind that. You know, I mean, you 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 attract more flies with honey than you do vinegar. So, and clearly what we've been doing hasn't worked. So those types of explanations, I think it's just a matter of communication, Uh, you know, and the Republicans getting the narrative out. Yeah. Economy, 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 jobs, jobs, jobs. That's right. Yeah. And I think that's, that segues nicely, Uh, Karen, I'm just going to send this question to you then. Um, Specifically, as we talk about patriotism, um, that it, it seems like, and I know that you and your husband, Mike, are, are probably, well, everybody here at this table. That's why I really wanted to have you on the program, because you really continue to be a voice for patriotism when it seems like people are ashamed to be an American, that somehow wearing red, white, and blue, even what we saw happen with the soccer team and things going on out there where it's like, I, I shouldn't even tell people when I leave the country that I'm American anymore. I mean, th- this whole narrative mm. seems to be out of control. So why is it that patriotism seems to be being translated by the left as some kind of a racism or divisive subject? What's the end game, as you would best determine in a short time that we have together? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm not sure what their end game is uh, because I haven't been able to understand them for quite a while. But I will tell you that um, you cannot be a patriot Hmm. and accept a progressive socialist agenda. Mm. They don't mesh. And being a racist and being divisive is all the Democrats have. 
So no matter what we do, whether it has to do with patriotism or whether it has to do with climate change or whether it has to do with their stand on abortion, if we don't agree with them, as Wade said and as Brian said, if you disagree with these people in any way, shape, or form, as Michael said, you're going to be labeled. And racist and divisive, those are two of their favorite labels to pull out. Hmm. But the problem is that this president represents patriotism like none I've ever seen before. July 4th was fantastic. It was wonderful. And you know what? For everything they say about him, there was not word one about himself during the entire celebration. It was all about the military. It was all about this country. It was all about us as Americans and who we are and what we have built and the opportunities that we have here and the Democrats are trying to take that all away and tell us how needy we are. And if the government doesn't come and feed us and take care of us from cradle to grave, that we're not going to make it because we can't. <laughs> it's a lie. It's a lie yeah. from the pit of hell. And it doesn't line up with what the Word of God says. Right. We're fearfully and wonderfully made. And we have all kinds of opportunities. And yeah. so the Democrats don't like that because it will not help them push their socialist agenda, agenda where everyone has to be dependent on the government can't think for themselves, can't fight for themselves. We just let the government make all the decisions and we're the worker bees. Mm. Okay, well, I've got to set this up for our final question. And I think this is a big one. It's a big one. Uh, but let me just set it up with this, because recently Fox News reported that Robert Johnson, the founder of BET and the country's first African-American billionaire, he said these words, I think the economy is doing great. And it's particularly reaching populations that had very bad problems in terms of jobs and employments and the opportunities that come with employment. He goes on to say that African-American unemployment is at its lowest level. And I give the president a lot of credit for moving the economy in a positive direction that's benefiting a large amount of Americans. He then goes on record with CNBC stating that the Democratic Party had become too liberal. That the party, in my opinion, these are his words, Robert Johnson, the party, in my opinion, for me personally, has moved too far to the left. He said the message of some of the programs that the Democrats are pushing are not resonating with the majority of the American people. Now, in our prior show, we talked about some of these very divisive issues that we as Christians, first and foremost, cannot support when there seems to be a push against traditional marriage, when there seems to be a push against families raising their children and picking the proper school for their child. When it comes to standing for life and all of these issues, these are not just issues on a ballot. These are moral issues that the Bible gives us clarity on. So the big question, and Brian, I'll start with you, and I know in our time together, you probably all want to chime in on this one, and I'm sure many on our, our listening right now would want to chime in too. Uh, but Brian, here's a big question. Can you be a Christian and still vote Democrat? If you're asking me that directly, I'd yes. say no, I can't, mm -hmm. I couldn't, because there's, there, as you mentioned earlier, as, as you quoted uh, the gentleman earlier, it, the the Democrats have gone too far to the left. They're um, Congress. They're they're trying so hard to overcome um, Trump. I mean, President Trump. You have to. He is as loud as he is, as bold as he is, as clear as he is when he says what he says. And the actions that he takes, uh, they're going so far. Just, it's amazing what they're doing. It's 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 sad what they're doing. But to me, as a Christian, no, I I, I just could not vote Democrat. Um, I would give up the 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 five 
um, top priorities that the Republicans have. I would give up all of these, terrorism, economy, our social security, homeland security, and military, to save the 638,000 babies that were aborted mm-hmm. in 2015. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 um, wow. it's, it's really, uh, you know, I, I just watching some of the videos that I've seen here recently of abortions, it's, it's, it just blows me away that we do that to babies. And I, I, I would, I would, I could give that all up. I give up all of uh, what we fight for to keep all those kids alive. It's incredible. So yeah. no, I just um, no, I couldn't answer a question. Right, and for anybody out there that that thinks that that you can vote Democrat and still be a Christian, that's that's it right there. It's abortion, plain and simple. Mm. They tell you not to be a one issue voter, but that's. That's a pretty big issue. Yeah. <clears throat> that right. that issue is number one, first and foremost, the number one reason why, if you're a Christian, you cannot be a Democrat. Right. And, and I think we, if we take it back to the Bible, and I know where time is getting away from us here, but if you take it back to Scripture, King Solomon lost the unity of a nation because of an a altar that was set up to Molech where they sacrificed their children. God's r- wrath righteously justified, brought about a division upon all of Israel as a nation that ultimately led them into captivity and destruction because of their disobedience, that on his watch, he allowed children to be sacrificed. It's a serious issue. So you're right. It's not just a one issue deal, but there are a number of issues. So obviously in just our final minute together, Karen, Mike, your thoughts on that as well. Can you be a Christian and still vote Democrat when the chasm is now so Wide. I mean, my grandfather ran for mayor of Sacramento as a sheriff, the elected sheriff, and he changed parties to the Republican Party because he saw that they were fighting for morality. Is that still the case today? Uh, yeah, I, the Republicans are. I don't. I don't see that the Democrats are. Along with Brian and Wade's on abortion, it's abortion. It's social programs. It's not being able to take care of yourself. That's not how God set the world up. Is right. for somebody to be your babysitter. And I don't need a babysitter, period. Yeah. Yeah. And so how could I vote Democrat if I believe that I need a babysitter? Because that's what it is, big government babysitter. They're just saying we can't take care of ourselves. Right. And personally, I'm insulted by that. Yeah, yeah. And, of course, we see the writing on the wall, right? We see where this is headed. And I think that's the, the concern that many believers have, mm-hmm. that if we don't take a stand now, we are seeing the nation as we've known it changing direction right before our eyes and under our watch. If we don't make our voices heard on these issues, we will lose this nation. And, and, and Karen and Mike and Brian and Wade, you have served this country faithfully, and all of that work will be lost. It could be lost overnight. Ronald Reagan preached that uh, high-low uh, about our need to stand up and be a voice of reason when it seems like the culture is turning to chaos and embracing it wholeheartedly. I would encourage you, those of you who have been listening to this broadcast, and maybe maybe you're angry, maybe you're excited, maybe you're finally saying, yes, thank you for saying what I've wanted to hear somebody say. We want to hear from you. Go to calvaryfountain.com, calvaryfountain.com. This is a ministry of Calvary Fellowship Fountain Valley. And I want to encourage you also to check out another website, christianvoterguide.com. Go there, get informed, understand the issues, and pray about this. But do something where you are making your voice heard. Vote in a way that honors God. You're a Christian first and foremost. Be a a change agent. 
You can't just sit by on this. Our nation is at stake. Lives of the unborn are at stake. Families and the definition of family is at stake. There is too much at stake for you to just sit idly on the sideline. God has given you a voice. Use it. You're filled with the Holy Spirit. You're empowered. If God is for you, who can be against you? It is time that we rise up as God's people and make our voice known because our strength is not in our flesh, but in Jesus Christ, our Lord. I want to thank you for listening today, and I want you to be encouraged. Go to calvaryfountain.com if you want to connect with any of our panel guests. I'd be happy to put you in touch with them and they'd be happy to touch base with you as well. So God bless you. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week.